Well, good evening. I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. And we have a new sponsor, and she's awesome. It's Amanda Parker, and it's Parker Heights Realty, and uh, located out in Junction City. And so we're pretty excited about that. Um, she has children, like many children. <laughs> Amanda has four, right, Amanda? You can nod your head. I can see you in your little screen. Yeah, and three of uh, her own, and one is a foster child. And um, we were talking the other day out in her office and talking about how difficult this is uh, to have schools um, still in lockdown, still closed. And uh, her children uh, go to Junction City Schools, three of them do. And they opened yesterday to regular school, as regular as it is right now. Um, but I wanted to read something before I bring Amanda on here, because I think this kind of sets a tone for what we're talking about here. Um, Oh, Eric, you're welcome for doing this show. This is, I'm on a page in my neighborhood and I got permission from the stepmom to put this up. I took the child's name out, but I think this shows what's going on out there. I read this and I was just, I just wanted to cry because um, I felt so bad, but I'm going to put it on the, here in the, in the check thing. And I'm going to read this to you. It says, our fourth grader goes between his biological mom and us weekly. He doesn't have many friends out here. And due to COVID, that's a lot harder than usual. He has personally asked me to post on Facebook to ask for friends, wondering if anyone has any kids he can hang out with, play video games with. He's the sweetest thing ever. That breaks my heart that we have kids out there that are struggling this hard. I have another gentleman, I tried to get him on tonight too, uh, but he's working right now. And he wrote me the other day and has a 10 year old and seriously thinking and trying to find some way to get him some help, um, some, some uh, counseling uh, because he's having such a difficult time. So when we started talking about this, um, Amanda, there she is, Amanda Parker, hi. say hi. Tell everybody hi. hi. Oh. Look at Brody. He looked up. Can you hey, say Brody. hi? Hi. <laughs> and this is Gavin, right? Yes. So Ga Who is this? <laughs> You're live on, on, on Facebook right now, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so, Amanda, um, tell me what's been going on with him, like before, prior to school. Like, because he, he's been, what kind of, what has he been doing it for school? So they've been um, doing Zoom. Uh, there's been different times during the day. I think there's, uh, if I recall right, there's three different meeting times that he does in the morning. And then in the afternoon, he um, basically is supposed to be doing a packet, but it's hard to keep that engaged and keep it going. And so, and plus me working, um, it's usually up to a grandma or somebody that's there during the day to make sure that that structure happens, which I can, in their defense, isn't probably easy because you want to be grandma, not the disciplinary. Right. So um, it's been usually, to be quite frank, his response is, this is crap <laughs> and doesn't want to do it. And I know last year only being in kindergarten, but he was, his teacher referred to him as her star student. And he was student of the month uh, one year at his school or one month at his school. And so going from that to having no interest in doing it whatsoever and it being a fight every day, it's been, it's been a challenge, but we have, um, so he went back on Monday 
So you've and, been you've been concerned about him. Yeah. Yes. Like trying and thinking you might need to get someone to kind of talk this out with him. Yeah. A school counselor yeah. or somebody like that. Yeah. And also other changes within our own family structure because of all of this. And but mostly schools and outlet for them and seeing their friends and having those close relationships usually helps them to kind of let out their frustrations and let it go. And so not being able to have that has been a real challenge. <laughs> and, and you're working, you own the, the, the real estate company. Yeah. Uh, so you're, you are Parker Heights Realty and those yeah. and your, and your other employees. So you and, and your husband's obviously working. Um, yeah. So between the two of you, um, you know, you, you've got, this is balancing and, you know, a couple months you might be able to do that. Even that's a stretch, but you've been doing this for um, almost a year now. Yeah, since March. <laughs> do you, with, with Brody, when he went back to school, hey, Brody. Brody. Hey, buddy. What was school like yesterday? Because Junction City opened regular. They're they're now open, officially like K, open. K through fourth opened yesterday all day. And then our oldest son, um, they're going to do A and B days for the towards the end of this week, all next week. And then they go all day on the 16th. So he'll start his first um, full day on Friday. His other group will start. They're in A and B groups. We'll start on Thursday. So... I actually got his list yesterday of who was in his group, and it was all of his friends. Really? He so, Brody, was so Brody, excited. hey, hey, buddy. Brody, look at Rick. Brody, look up. So, what was it like to see your friends yesterday? Was it fun? <laughs> That's a six-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 describe the difference from like last week to when he came home for dinner yesterday, what was the, what was, what was the difference? There was, you could just tell that his day had much more structure in it and he was tired and <laughs> passed it in the car. And then when we got home for dinner, he, you know, his conversations around the dinner table were much longer with his dad and just being more willing to help and involved instead of getting responses like that. <laughs> and so um, it, it was, it was much more enjoyable and to actually have more, more to talk about with them and more to ask them about their day. And even driving to school today, just listening to music, like, and getting them hyped up, like, are you so excited you get to see your friends? And it's just, the whole dynamic is just a lot different. I'm really excited about it. So what's been the hardest part for you as a parent? Um, trying to, well, obviously the juggling um, and just trying to stress that even though you're at home, school is still very important and to stay on top of it because, um, and still also juggling and still trying to teach them and make sure they're on track for when they do get to go back. And so, that's been a struggle because you get frustrated as well, where you just want to throw in the towel and say, screw this, <laughs> but you have to try to be their cheerleader um, and not show your frustration and keep them um, encouraged. And that's probably been the most as well as their difference in attitude. And I've heard, from, I've heard from a lot of parents that they said that, that um, what is it? It's not in school learning. It's what's, what's the, what's the computer? Oh, um, 
distance learning? Yeah, the distance learning just yeah. hasn't worked. Um, no. I mean, it, it, we could be nice and we can go, well, it hasn't been that. But I mean, I've heard from so many parents that just said, this is doesn't work. The kids have very little interaction and they're, um, and especially the little ones. Um, it's really hard to keep the, them, the, especially the little boys, <laughs> you know, interested for that long of a time. Well, and it's, it's weird because you can set them in front of a tablet like right now and give them a game and they'll be content for hours. But when they, there's nothing on the other side to engage them except for listening to someone talk and telling them to do work. It's, um, it makes it a lot harder. And especially when they have other siblings. I mean, I, I can only imagine families who, you know, live in smaller, um, smaller, uh, areas and don't have that space to really branch out and get away from each other. I mean, there's two others at home and then this loud one running around all day. So trying to, trying to focus is probably not going to happen. So do you have a, now you have a foster child that's in the Eugene school district, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what's the dip? How old is he? And, uh, he's in second grade and he's eight. Um, and for him, it's been a lot harder just given his his situation. I mean, he's been had to readopt into a different home, a different lifestyle, and switch from another school to one that's closer to our home. And so he hasn't really quite been given that chance to build those friendships and those relationships and let that be his outlet. And so once he did get switched towards the end of last year, um, then COVID happened and the school shut down. So this whole summer and this school year, he hasn't really had that chance to make those friendships and even to relate to anyone during Zoom or I know some teachers allow a chat. He doesn't know what to chat to those kids. He doesn't know those kids. So it's been really hard. Even if there's parents that have allowed playdates, he hasn't really he hasn't really had that. So it's 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 rough for him especially other kids in his situation. Now, what's so now that the other brothers, um, your, your children, your mm -hmm. biological children, they're going to Junction City because you've already had them in that. You live yeah. in Eugene, but you put why? So I guess I could ask you that. It's my show, right? And you're yeah. here. You're my sponsor. So why yeah. did you move them to Junction City? Why did you, are you from there or what? So we, we lived out here for a long time. I work out here, have a business out here, own other real property out here. So this is really where our roots are, where a lot of our family is and friends and a lot of our tribe that helps us with these kids. Right. And so that was really important to us that we not uproot that for them, even though our housing situation was changing. Um, we wanted them to stay in a local small community like this. So. And so the foster child can't come out there because you have to have certain, I mean, there's ways yeah. to yeah, we're not quite adopted parents yet. We're working on it. So, so you can see that the great dis the distance, the huge difference between your children, your biological children who are going back to school in Junction City, and your foster child who's in Eugene schools and can't go back to school. Yeah, yeah, and I see my bio kids, you know, getting their friendships and relationships back and being engaged and excited, excited, and then. Him, he's like, so when is it my turn? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know, buddy. <laughs> I can only ask questions and, you know, hopefully get the same answer. <laughs> what, 
what do you, as a parent, what do you think we learned from all this? Um, will our kids ever look at school the same way? I remember saying, I hate school. I don't want to go. But I, oh, I, now, when I was younger, I was like, I don't want to do that. But I never thought I'd hear my kids say, I can't wait, you know? So um, I think that they'll realize how important it is. And I think if it's affected them at all, especially at his age, um, it's it's probably going to affect how they build relationships and friendships and stuff. Like with my foster son, he, I think it'll take him a little bit longer. Kids are pretty resilient, but take him a little bit longer to kind of build those those friendships. But we, okay, so before Brody went back, and you were thinking, okay, we might need to want have a counselor or somebody talk to him just to kind of help him get some of this out. Were you thinking that this the the reaction to COVID was impacting him in a negative way? That you did you worry as a parent thinking? I've heard this from other parents. I mean, we're going to have a generation of kids who are going to have maybe some socialization issues or some some um, depression and things like that that we didn't get introduced to maybe this the same way. I, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I think so. He had um, two uh, close friends that he's gone through with preschool. Our, um, our families are friends. They're one of them is one of my really good clients. Um, but they choose, they chose to send their kids to a private school and we looked at that option, but the list to get into those was really long. Once we realized people, we weren't going back. So people were opting for that since they were allowed to stay open. So he's lost out on that friendship, um, and asked every day for her. <laughs> and then there's another one that as a parent, you don't know like if you should say, "Hey, can we have a play date? Is this something that you're open to?" Or it's it was like a fine line <laughs> until I ran into a mom one day at Target and said, "He really misses your son." And she's like, "Oh, sure." So just a few weeks ago, before we found out they were going back, they got to see each other, and I couldn't get him in the car. Like he was so excited, and then to find out they were going to start school on Monday, he was really excited about it, and it's. It was a little scary and you know you wonder what's going on in their mind when they're young yeah. like is this ever going to end and then now i'm i feel like we're turning a corner <laughs> do you feel like it's because they're back in school you feel like some it's getting better then yeah and last year uh they did uh tryouts for uh sports and then they were canceled and so this year we've been told a birdie has told us that that's going to happen that we are going to play and so um i think they're really excited <laughs> that things are actually going to have somewhat normalcy or something better so if you talk if you could talk to the school board like at 4j where your other son is your foster kid what would you say because i don't think i've heard mixed answers about when they're going to open or if they're going to open this year what would you say as a parent if you could talk to the school board and and say something for your for your foster son. I'd probably just stress about how important it is just for him. I mean, I think all students and all kids, um, but especially for children in his situation, coming from something bad to something better. And um, I mean, there's always those kids out there that school is their outlet. School is where they go to eat. It's where they go to escape home life and, um, you know, make a friend and a teacher, look up to somebody other than someone at home. 
And I'd probably just stress to them about how important that is. And most of kids in his situation come from not having a lot of structure and taking school out of their day takes away a lot of their structure and just encourage them to re, you know, to do as much as they can. I mean, Junction City did a couple hours a week of in-person for a couple hours. I mean, they could do something like that, you know, and his school is actually one of the smallest schools in 4J, so that I've been told. Um, so that's probably what I would tell them is just reiterate how important it is. So t tell me something about you since you're a new client. Um, I'm getting people that are writing. A sports is another huge one because um, especially not with your children as little, they can still get in that. But like I've heard from parents of high school sports uh, students that, I mean, if you're a junior or senior and you haven't had, you're kind of, you know, especially I have a friend who has a senior. She's a really good uh, volleyball player. She yeah. was going to get a scholarship but she didn't get to play this whole year and that's over. So well, that's going to affect them going into college because a lot of kids play their whole, you know, um, their whole younger years to try to build up to that. And usually your junior senior year, like you just said, is really, really huge. Um, and, you know, they usually use that senior year for um, scholarships and so forth. So, I think that that's, that's a huge loss to them. So do this for me. So tell me, so you guys, you have to see Amanda's office. So she bought this little cool little old building. What did it used to be like originally? So originally I've been told by a, a older gentleman in the community that it was the original like shoe repair, shoe shine shop in Junction City. And when we bought it, we got the keys. He came up and walked up to me and asked me what we were doing with it. And I told him, and he's like, oh, that's great. He Mom. says, I remember this place when Mom, I was a little kid. And he, you know, was probably in his 70s, 80s. He had a, um, Vietnam, Vietnam. Vet, a Vietnam vet um, hat on. And he said, when I was little, my parents used to come here. And the gentleman that owned it was in a wheelchair. And this was his only way of making a living and line of work. Wow. Since then, I've been told it was a um, bookstore. And then lastly, it was a bakery until we bought it. And so you were you went on a trip because you were in the River Road area. That's where yeah. Parker Heights Realty was. Yeah. And you were on a trip and you, you saw what somebody else had done with an old building as a realtor. And you were you were it, it was over. Yeah. My brother got married in early September um, and we took a trip to uh, North Carolina and I, we're, we're walking downtown in this really old district with all these early or mid 1800, um, late 1800, early 1900 uh, buildings. And we uh, walked by one and I just saw this company that had a real estate office and something about the place had so much character and uh, stood out to me. So the next day or so, we got on a plane and flew home. And I told one of the agents in my office, Kendra, I was like, hey, where do we find this? Because I need that. <laughs> I can't stop thinking about it. And she's like, oh, well, in, in Junction City, you know? So we got in the car and went and looked at it. And then I told my husband that this was happening. <laughs> so. So, so Lynette Kirkpatrick must live out there. She says the cobbler, he was awesome. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, Lynette, if you have any old pictures of him yes. or the place, 
Amanda would love to have those. And, and what it looked like a street picture, if anybody in Junction City has something like that, it would kind of just add to the, 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 the beauty of what you've got going in there. And you're not only are you selling people new things in history, you're preserving it yourself. So that's kind of a cool thing. Yeah, we've reached out to um, the Junction City Library, my assistant has, and um, one of the, I think it was the museum out here, asking just for old pictures, because we wanted to put something inside, but we haven't had much luck yet. <laughs> so well, Maybe we'll get you something. <laughs> yeah. Okay, last thing for you. Um, what do you love about Junction City? Oh man, um, everything, <laughs> the people, the, the small downtown, um, the one thing that sticks out to me when I think about Junction City is the train that's on display, which I look at from my desk every day. I remember playing on it as a little kid. Um, my mom would take me there. We'd have lunch and play. So I just like just the smallness of it, the community vibe, um, the small townness, even though it's becoming not so small town. Um, but just a lot of a lot of everything about it. So, so um, yeah, I it, and gosh, I hope that this goes away so we can have the Scandi Festival this year. Oh, me too. My office oh, God, like, I missed that last year. I love the Scandi Festival. So somebody said on here they heard Bethel might not reopen this year. Will not reopen this year. Now we don't know that's for a fact. That's Monica. She's. Um, I, not that I don't trust Monica. I'm just saying that's just something on there. Um, Cece McCarl says the fire station in Junction City is awesome. <laughs> I've not been there. But I like the building. Out. I like the building under the water tower when they make that into the beer garden for the Scandi Fest. Yeah. Because so when you go sit out there, that's where everybody from Junction City, they all come back for family reunions and class reunions. And they're all under that tent back there. I, we found that out. My wife and I found that out the hard way. Like, what is this? And then, because everybody knew each other, we're going, you know, and they're going, oh, Rick, did you go to Junction City High School? And I go, no. And they're going, what are you doing back here? And I said, I think we found the real place. <laughs> yes. I can, hopefully, if Scandi Fest comes back this year, that would be great. Um, and I'll just walk right out the door and I'll go get my elephant ear and uh, Swedish meat pie and we'll be, we'll be good. <laughs> um, Deborah, Junction City more open to diversity than it has been in the past. I think they're pretty open to diversity. I think most of Western Oregon is getting there. I mean, as you know, I mean, it's still like the rest of Western Oregon, we're white. Um, there's not a lot of color in our communities, which is changing. Um, but I did a show on this last night and even the folks who are black said, there's not a lot of black people in this area, but yeah, I think they're pretty open and, and, uh, I find them to be, no, it's not a fact it's just that the teachers are saying, oh, okay. So that's what the teachers are saying. Um, CC says the high school reunions. Yeah, that's great. So you guys, again, Amanda Parker, and it's a funny thing when we sat, um, she's going to be doing you know shows for us for the next six months or so. We'll do a show a month. We're going to find things we want to do and bring to you guys. But we thought it would be great to start this way, especially since the school thing is such a big deal. And um, Amanda was in my oldest son's kindergarten and first grade. You told me that. I went home to my wife and she goes, you know what that says, Rick? And I go, what? She goes, you're really old. <laughs> <laughs> well, after you posted the throwback pictures on your feed of you years ago, that did, I don't know if that helped. 
<laughs> um, what's your address? I'm trying to place where you are. What's your address, Amanda? We're at 556 Greenwood. What's next door on both sides of you? Lori wants um, to know. So on one side, there's Pop's Diner and the uh, taco shop, which it's like a hidden gem. You have to try it. <laughs> and on the other side, there is Boudica Salon. And is the bank across the street? No, directly across the street from us is there's an empty parking lot and then the old train that's always been on display. Okay, so Lori, that should give you an, an idea of where it is. Um, Rick Dancer, you are old, older than me, but not older than dirt. <laughs> <laughs> Deborah, I love you dearly, my little Southern Oregon woman. Uh, I love Junction City. My parents both grew up there. My grandparents owned the International Harvester dealership in the 40s and 50s. Uh, the Scandinavian Festival is my favorite. Oh, she That's says, great. Cece says you're in a perfect location. Oh, I love it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you've only been there since January, huh? Yeah, we we got the keys in middle of December, beginning or middle of December. And then we've slowly moved in here. Yep. She said the last tenant was a bakery. She knows yeah. where you are. It was All right, so Lori, put the word out. If we can find some old pictures, that'd be great. Well, Gavin, I can see you're really interested in my show. <laughs> Look at you. Good it Lord. It was a rough day at the office I for guess my, I guess my my ratings for younger people is not going to soar. And, and <laughs> Brody, we were becoming so close there, my Brody. friend. Hey, Brody, can you say goodbye? I know. Hey, Brody, what's for dinner? Brody, what's for dinner? Ground beef tacos. Tacos. <gasps> It's Taco Tuesday. At oh, the, it is. At Good the Parker call. House. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. That's awesome. Appreciate our banter. Nice guests. Oh, Deborah thinks you are you guys are nice guests. I remember seeing your sign last week. And the taco shop used to be the hair salon in the 60s. My mom worked there when the Columbus Day storm happened. Wow, Melinda. No, I do awesome. be, you don't even know what the Columbus Day storm is, man. No, no but it sounds cool. <laughs> I was a little boy. I, I was young, but yeah, but I'm not older than dirt. Well, Amanda, <laughs> welcome and thank you. And Cece is another client. Uh, Cece's husband, uh, Matt McCarl, they own um, New Leaf Hyperbaric Chamber. Have you ever done that? No. Oh my gosh, you have to try this. You go into the tank and they fill it with air and you lay there for an hour. No children, no nothing. And you just oh, lay there and sleep and you come out and you feel like you've been smoking marijuana. If anybody had ever done that. I mean, I just, I, I guess that's what it felt like, but no, you are so relaxed and it's really good for all kinds of conditions. In fact, Matt, Matt will be on in a couple of weeks to tell us all about that, but they're, um, so they're, they're part of our family. Awesome. Well, she's part of the new family here. Um, see if anybody has an old junction city book. That's a great idea. We'll be checking you out. says Cece. Oh, because they live out there, too. You don't, don't you, Cece? You and Matt live out there. Okay, they'll come by and say hi to you. They're super Please nice. Do. Yeah. All right, <laughs> you guys, have a great you. evening. Amanda, thank you. And I'm going to pull you out of here. Have a good night. Thank you. Bye, you guys. All right, you guys, yes, that is Amanda. She's our newest client. Um, well, the newest one who's uh, now on the books. Um, but we are getting lots of calls from people because um, – Apparently, you guys like just content that is uh, interesting and normal, <laughs> and I like that. Somebody says, I wasn't alive. I, I subbed a lot at Laurel. Oh, Laurel Elementary. That is a cool little school. Um, all right, you guys, have a great night. Now you're all coming on here like crazy. <laughs> well, have a good evening uh, tomorrow. So let me tell you what's going on the rest of the week. Um, 
tomorrow uh, there's a program out there for people that were affected by the fires up the McKinsey. It's all the rivers, but the client that we're going to be dealing with is dealing with people in the McKinsey. And when there's a fire like that, it can taint your water in your well. And living on a well, I understand that's pretty dang important. So there's free testing available with grants. And we're going to talk to a gentleman who does those tests uh, tomorrow night and tell you all about it. So people, if you know people in McKinsey, make sure they're watching so they can get in on this because you really need to have your water tested to make sure that there's not something that got in there from those fires. Um, on Thursday, we are, oh, we're also kicking off a, a video tomorrow that we produce for the Oregon Forestry and Industries Council. And this is a, a video on uh, what should be done once a fire happens on the McKinsey. It's talking, it's, we went up to Mount St. Helens and we're comparing what happens when you do nothing and what happens when you plant new timber. And it's a super interesting story. I think you're gonna like that. And then on Thursday, uh, Chris Dental sponsors a show. Chris Dental is a local dentist in Eugene. He's my friend. Um, he's my dentist too. He's awesome. But when you do a crown, he can get you in that day. If your tooth breaks, like I had to wait a week, he gets you in that day. He can get, and the crowns are made right here in Eugene and Springfield. Many, 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 many dentists have their crowns brought in from China. Not Dr. Ratlin. He has them made right here. We're going to talk with the guy who makes them in Eugene, Oregon. And then on Friday, I had the sweetest call uh, from a daughter and her parents own the coffee cup with a K. Um, it's a little restaurant in Cottage Grove and they're going broke. Um, they're in their late 60s. Um, COVID has just killed them. And the daughter was just asking me, is there any way you could do something just to get the word out? And I looked at my wife and I said, oh, God, let's just do it. And so we're going to go do something with them to help them get their business back at the coffee cup. Uh, this, according to what I heard from the daughter, we're going to get this on Friday. Um, the, the, I think the local fire marshal or somebody, they went out and bought him a tent because they couldn't even afford to put up a tent to have people eat under. And they've been pushing to help them get open for outside dining the community has, and the city's been helping them of Cottage Grove. That's why people live in Junction City, in Cottage Grove, in Cresswell, these little towns where people come out of the woodwork to help you like that. Um, so yeah, we're gonna do that story too. I mean, who can resist that, right? And everybody, you guys, just so you know, every night is full um, through the end of the month. So we have something going on every single night, five o'clock. We even have some noon shows once in a while because we have somewhere to go. Um, where is the uh, CC? The coffee cup is in Cottage Grove and it's coffee cup with a K. Both, K, both C's are actually K's. So that's been coming up. All right, um, I'm gonna go home and be with my wife. Amanda, again, thank you. Welcome to the family. And we're gonna be bringing you all kinds of good stuff. And it was fun to meet Brody and Gavin. And uh, so you guys, you're not alone with the school situation. Um, a lot of them are starting to open. Springfield's opening this week too. Uh, so um, hopefully 4J and Bethel will get on the stick and get that thing open as well. All right, have a great day. Um, and I'll see you tomorrow night at five right here on Get Real with Rick Dancer. Thank you.